Well, welcome back to Calvary Life. This is a podcast for the members of Calvary Baptist Church and anybody else out there that's interested in local church life. And uh, we're glad to be back again. I'm Charles. I'm Paul. And uh, we have again with us for our part two uh, with us our missionary uh, that is uh, returned to the States, Amy. So, Amy, thank you for being here and continuing this conversation as we have a few more questions that we wanted to, to ask you before we uh, let you go. Thanks for having me. Amy, now that you're you're back and you're you know kind of recovering and and debriefing and sharing all your experiences and everything, do you have an idea of what's next? Um, right now, I I don't I have a lot of open doors and that's a good thing. Um, I spent a few weeks or months praying and stressing over what am I going to do next? Am I coming back to this place? Or am I going somewhere else? Um, what does my future look like? And I just felt the Lord just tell me to stop and um, stop worrying about the next thing and just focus on loving Him well right now. And so right now, my uh, my focus is just my relationship with the Lord and kind of reviving that. It it was a challenging place to be the last two years, and so I just want to focus on the Lord kind of refreshing my spirit and um, just spending time just with Him. And then after that, I'm sure He will direct my path. So, now This might be a bit of an unfair question that I'm kind of setting you up to be like an old person on the porch telling all the kids to get off your lawn, <laughs> but coming back to the, to the States after a couple of years away, um, what did you find that's disappointing to you in terms of culture and maybe even Christian culture, yeah. or maybe that there's not a distinction between <laughs> culture and Christian culture? I mean, what did you see? Because your mind, mindset changes, your yeah. purview changes and everything. So what, what, what's different? Um, what stood out? <laughs> there's a lot of things that stood out. Um, I think, yeah, seeing the difference between culture and religion or whatever, I think that my eyes were open to that. And one thing that I didn't like was that Christians behaved in a very, very independent American kind of way, which is not very sacrificial. And so I think that's something I noticed just amongst Christians is we're not really ready to sacrifice our time or our money or our comforts that quickly because we have taken on American culture and so have most other American Christians. And so you don't really have it in your face like where you're, I guess, not really serving each other or whatever because you're both used to it. But when you go from a place like I was where everyone is so hospitable and they will stay up until 3 in the morning even though they're exhausted and they'll serve you their last bit of food that they have, those kinds of things to you come to America and it's like, I'm going to do it myself, my way, my time, and that's Christians too. So I think that was hard just feeling like, are Christians or Americans just selfish? Are we that selfish? But it's this independent mindset where – it's a good thing. Like if you're independent, that's good. Like you can take care of yourself. And over there, it's all about the group. You, you suffer together, you sacrifice together, you just do everything for each other. And so I think coming back to that, not so much hospitality was kind of hard, even though we say this is the South and we're very hospitable compared to people in the Middle East. We don't stand a chance. Yeah. And man, that speaks to me. In fact, I was with a uh, a group of uh, college students to a Bible study the other night after you spoke, and that was the thing that we talked about was it's just convicting. It's convicting to hear you speak of that, that people that you were willing to stay up, you know, when you were asked to stay, and you would stay because you knew this person 
needed a relationship, needed to hear the gospel, and that's what was more important. And then how I want to go home Sunday afternoon and take a nap, you yeah. know, or I want to I want to go home at night and I yeah. want to just close my doors and have my time, you mm-hmm. know. And so we were just so convicting to hear, and so I think you're spot on with that. And you know, once again, you're being a, a mirror that we don't like to see sometimes <laughs> of, of what's in us as independent Christian Americans. Well, I think you have to figure out what being. I think something we talked about. Um, over there was kingdom culture, something that is appropriate for all cultures, but it's still heavenly culture. Like how should a Christian behave everywhere? And so I think you can still have the American culture kind of personality, but if there are things that are unbiblical, that's when the kingdom culture is going to surpass the American culture, such as not sacrificing your time or your energy or your money or your food, whatever it is, that's when you have to ask the Lord, like, what should I do in this situation? Because if it goes against your American culture, which I feel runs deep in everyone's blood, then you're naturally going to want to go against that. You're not going to want to do that. And so that's why I think, again, prayer, like just walking with the Spirit, being able to hear when He says, you need to do that, even though you don't feel like it. And again, it's Him being your strength in your weakness when you don't want to do something and that's usually when he does the most moving and the most work when you're completely out of the way what, what you're describing challenges just normal church life too i think is something that we were aware of not to that degree uh, something we try to speak to speak against just the idea that church is a commodity you know you it's a product that you come and you take what you need get what you want and we i think for so long being in sort of the church growth movement kind of perspective what can we offer people what how can we how can we attract people mm-hmm. what can we do that people will will want mm-hmm. um, you know what can we produce that people will enjoy what they benefit from versus you know your your church there is really a community of, of believers who take care of each other mm-hmm. maybe maybe our culture is going to shift to the point where we're going to have to be that um, yeah. differently it's just it, it's just a different it's a different way of seeing church I think and I, I wish we were more like I wish we were more like a community it's a book Charles that we we've introduced here that was meaningful to us um, compelling community it speaks really some of the same kind of themes that's obviously in an American culture but that what about this community of people demonstrates the gospel what what really says they're Christians and this yeah. is how they love each other take care of each other this is how they're committed to each other this is how they Lift each other when they're down. This is how they pray for each other. This is how they support one another. Correct mm-hmm. each other. Um, you know all those things because we're trying to finish well together. So anyway, I thought yeah. that was a yeah. Yeah, you would you'd stra- you scratch your head sometimes at some yeah. of the things we have to. Um, you know, we see in our belief in our church in our membership of you know not being willing to sacrifice anything for each other. You know, um, even even to who we are willing to give our time to listen to right who are willing to sit in class with you know we we you know i just just don't like that guy's teaching or i just don't like this or that and that's a reason to completely go against what really probably is what's most beneficial for us right i mean it's just it makes us scratch our heads but we're you know we keep encouraging keep exhorting the church to to become more committed more faithful and 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 you know do this thing together and so but yeah amy you and i've talked a little bit about better ways moving forward that the church can support and be involved with people like you who feel God's call and respond mm-hmm. obediently to go. And 
So obviously we've got some things to, to figure out how to do that better and, and how to be a better supporting church for that. But what would you say? I mean, I've, our ideal, our hope would be there would be more like you that would come up out of the church that um, God would just really grab and, and give this compelling desire to go, you know, mm-hmm. a real compelling sense to go. What would you say if, if someone comes up to you, one of our college students or maybe an adult, maybe even someone ready to take early retirement, go whoever, God may call. What would you, how would you recommend them to begin? I mean, what's step one? Yeah. Well, I think, um, I don't remember where I heard this or who said this, um, but they said you should figure out why you should not go first. Um, And so that always stuck with me. Is there a reason that you should not go and you should be sending or supporting instead? Um, So I think that's the first thing. I mean, I think part of the American dream is, you know, you want to get a good job and be able to take care of your family and have the American dream. But that is living in the now instead of living in light of eternity. And so you can build your little kingdom here, but it's not going to be worth anything um, when you take your last breath. And so um, I think just having that kind of perspective, just always trying to live in light of eternity as a young person trying to figure out whether they're, they're going to do with their life. Are they going to go to school to be a doctor or are they going to be a missionary? Those are very different things. Your life, the trajectory of your life is going to look entirely different. And so um, I think first it starts with giving someone the, the understanding or perspective, like showing them what it means to be a missionary, what it looks like in, in their own life. And so if that includes like mission trips with the church, that's what started missions for me. I went on a mission trip when I was 16, completely spiritually unprepared for that. Um, But the Lord used it. That's when that was the first time I had been out of the country. And I saw people who needed to hear the gospel who had never heard it. There wasn't churches all over the place. And so just realizing there is a need and there is something Um, really special about having the opportunity to share with someone who's never heard before. And so um, I think that just giving them the understanding of seeing outside of America and how people do need to hear the gospel. But then again, with that, having like developing their heart for the lost, if they are hearing about this and hearing about the lost and unreached people groups, then I think it will just kind of build in them. So what would you recommend to the church, um, to like Charles and I were as staff elders here and other leaders to develop the, not just the culture, I don't want to sound cliche, I mean, we want to have the right sort of incubator here, but to, to be taking the steps to really encourage and build up people for this. I mean, what kind of suggestions, advice you give to the church? Well, I think um, there's like a missions part of the year where we focus on the missionaries and world missions and Lottie Moon and all of that stuff comes up. I think that's great to have um, that time where it's really, really emphasized. But I think all throughout the year, there should always be this thing where missions is there and how the entire church is praying for this group of people or this team or this country or whatever. Um, Just so everybody's eyes are always like, we are doing this missions thing over here instead of just like seeing maybe on the bulletin oh yeah we should pray for them but they're not really on your mind throughout the week you just see it once a Sunday um yeah that's just you know a thought just like 
regularly praying for them or having life groups involved in for one team specifically like this life group is going to focus on praying for this team this month or whatever that looks like um just so everybody feels like they're investing in this mission work that maybe they are not they don't know anything about it but they're investing yeah that's one of the challenges it it kind of gets i don't say forgotten is not the right word but it it just kind of gets put up on a high shelf Mm mm-hmm and then brought down just just occasionally. What would you suggest to somebody who wants to pursue this? I feel like God is leading me this way. What should I do? To be a missionary? Um, I would say uh, after you've spent a lot of time praying about it and you feel like this is what the Lord wants you to do, um, I went with the International Mission Board, and they walked me through the process very Carefully, they helped me figure out where I should go, where I would fit best. And so I went in just knowing I should go, but I didn't know Before you did the IMB part, who were you sharing it with? Like, I mean, who were you telling first? Like, I really feel like this is what God wants me to do. Is that family? Is that... Well, I went to school for it. And so for the four years before that, it was kind of known to my my close group community. Um, Before that, I was in the military. And so it kind of... Did you know then? At the end of my my time, I wanted to do it, and I thought to myself, I'm not ready at all. My life, my background, there's no way someone like me could be a missionary. And so I thought, well, I better go to Bible college first. And so um, I actually double majored because I still was unsure about myself doing mission work, knowing myself. And so during my time there, that's when um, the Lord really showed me it's it's not about your background or qualifications or, or things like that. If he's calling you, then it doesn't matter anything else. You just go. And was so, your undergrad real beneficial for this? It was, for so sure. So shout out to Florida Baptist College. Yeah, Baptist College of Florida, Baptist which is— Baptist College of Florida. <laughs> it's I'm sorry, a, Justin. <laughs> it's, uh, for now, it's about Baptist to be University of University, Florida. that's right. You have to edit all that out. <laughs> Relocating to Tampa. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Just mark it. You get to cut Sorry, it. Just fine. Okay. Actually, there's a breakfast tomorrow at Florida Baptist College. I'll ask Dr. Clore. What's up? 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Anybody want to go with me? Sorry, we'll cut all this out. It's okay. So back to – so, yes. Go ahead, Amy. Where were we? You said shout out. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Florida okay. Baptist College. Yeah. What is it? Baptist, Baptist College, College of Florida. Florida. BCF. Yes. I know this. For five yeah. days. Yeah. For now. Yes. Okay. You yeah. said it, not me. Yeah. So um, during my time at the Bible College, that's when I really learned a lot about more about the Lord and my identity in Him and what really sharing the gospel looks like and what it means. And so that was really foundational for me. But then my passion and desire to be on the field just kept growing. And I think that was a confirmation in itself when you're moving in the direction you feel the Lord is calling you to, and it just, you feel at peace with it, you're growing in it, you're, you're growing more confident in your decision, then I think it's just a confirmation that that really is where the Lord is calling you. Um, so that's where, that's where it was birthed in me, I guess, um, and just kind of kept growing and it was fostered. So I think if someone wants to be on the field, it's important that they're around people who are going to foster that and pray for them and confirm that they're ready to go. Um, I will say um, sometimes if the Lord doesn't open the door, maybe you're not ready yet. Maybe you're not spiritually ready and you still need more discipling. Although the Lord can disciple you and sanctify you while you're on the field, there's just times where you just have to wait on his timing. 
What were the big challenges for you there? Oh, there was lots of challenges. Um, I think um, discouragement was one of the biggest ones. I think the enemy used that a lot because if you're discouraged, then you kind of just take yourself out of the game. And so I think he just used that, just telling me like, oh, you're, this is too much for you. You're this or you're not this. And so just like all the lies, I think that was just um, really hard. And then just the community life is different. You're not surrounded by a body of believers. You're surrounded by a few believers that don't speak the same language or culture that you do. And so you're not really, you know, being poured into. And so you, if you are pouring yourself out for this people and um, staying up all day and all night, you're going to be completely exhausted. And so the only feeling that you get is really the time that you spent with the, spent with the Lord in the morning. And um, so I think that was incredibly hard. It just took the entire strength of the Holy Spirit just to keep going a lot of days. Yeah, just physically, you didn't have a lot of downtime, did you? I mean, from no. stuff you shared and I thought, wow, there's, where's the break? There's not a... There's not There's not very many breaks. You just keep going and you go. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was surprised at how the Holy Spirit kept me going because I felt like there's no way that I have this kind of capacity because I've never in my life had this kind of capacity. And then you just feel that it is truly the strength of the Lord that you just keep going and you're not falling asleep driving. (laughs) Was language acquisition tough? It was, yeah. I think, yeah, in the beginning it was very, very hard when you know absolutely nothing. You're just pointing at things, cat, dog, tree, and then you grow up just a little bit. And so I I would say I'm not fluent in the language for sure, but I can survive. Is there a Middle Eastern version of Sesame Street or something like that where you can just watch kids programs yeah <laughs> i watched a lot of kids programs actually i just watched their version i didn't watch the american cover so yeah watched a lot of that wow um i have a question about just the the last couple of weeks we we have you know we had a missionary here before um before you spoke this week the week before they put a map up that just showed us the lostness mm-hmm. and the uupgs that are out there and i think sometimes i think it can be overwhelming um, with you walking into a culture where you were so outnumbered, you know, where, where do you find the will or the, the thoughts that, no, I, I am making a difference versus just the overwhelmingness of, yeah, I'm not, you know, where right. do you, where do you get that? Um, that's a really good question. Cause I did feel that a lot of times I thought to myself, there's only a handful of us in this room that are believers, the locals, how like this city is 2 million people. How are we going to do this? And again, it was, it was about we and our strength. And I think naturally that's how we do it. Like we kind of have a business mindset or like a plan. How are we going to reach all these people when there's only this much of us and there's all of them and all of those places? Logically, it doesn't make that much sense as far as feeling easier possible. But again, like it's kind of how it started in in the New Testament, you know, it's just this fire of the Holy Spirit, and then it just spreads like wildfire. And so I think, you know, being obedient there, the city that I was in, before there was any workers there, any missionaries there, there was a man who came from a church in America who had, he'd gone there once a year, every year for 20 years, and prayer walked in this city. He didn't, he, he did nothing else. He just prayer walked and he knew everybody in the bazaar. He had lots of friends, but that's all he did. But there was no one living there or sharing there. And so 20 years later, 
we're all there. And so that is the fruit of his prayers. And it does take time. And sometimes it just like happens like wildfire and people get saved and it spreads really fast. And other times it takes decades. And so I think looking back at other countries or even in the Bible, how it spread, I think just realizing it's not going to be in our timing or in our planning. All we have to do is just do the next right, obedient thing that the Lord has called us to. And all of these unreached, un- unengaged people groups, the Lord is going to quickly take all those red marks away. Yeah, so, I'm, you know, I'm struck in, I've been struck lately in Scripture about how, you know, especially the Old Testament, how much time frame passes between, you know, we just read it, we just read it one yeah. to the next to the next, and we, we forget the times that maybe God was silent for, um, for a prophet or right. those times that went, a year went by before God spoke again, you know, and, and realizing that you just do your part. Right. That's really, really important, yeah. The confidence we have in God's sovereignty in those individual conversations has to be the same, I think, that we take towards the the global, or else it is just overwhelming. And one of the pictures that you share with us, maybe the most poignant, is just you you guys looking out over the city and just like, I mean, it really captured this the challenge, I guess, yeah. where I was like, holy cow, this is just an expanse. Yeah. It's an expanse of buildings and, and of course all the people that occupy them you get a real sense of the the scale and scope all right let me put you on the spot one more time amy all right so we're starting something new here because we want to raise the game raise our game a little bit in terms of missions we want to be better prepared for our own short-term projects we want people to understand a better philosophy of missions rather than just kind of we don't we never want our people to be vacationaries and go to cool places because they can mm-hmm. eat cool food and take good pictures and stuff like that we want them to have a a, a common sense of purpose what are we doing we also want to see people called out from this trained up anyway so we're starting an open class um where we'll be doing a 12-week series on missions so now since you're on and put you on the spot we help us look at the material <laughs> one i'd really love you to look at the material and just see what would you what would you tweak what would you add what would you what would you change and if you're still here in the spring when we teach i'd love for you to help tommy a time or two and just yeah speaking of that teaching that um our aim ultimately is to get every everybody who is a part of calvary who ever goes on any short-term mission trip at all we really want them to have at least this much foundation in a biblical view of missions what are yeah. we doing here why are we doing it how does prayer fit into this what does spiritual warfare have to do with what we're about to do mm-hmm. um how do we share? How do we trust God? All those kind of things, but um, that's all coming up soon. So that's a that's an opportunity for anybody who's listening. If you want to be more engaged, there's a good way to do that. Yeah, that's coming in spring. That'll start in March. For that us. sounds really, really great, really beneficial. Awesome. And then our plan, as you mentioned, missions conference. We're we're doing that biannually now, and of course we're about to we're about to put out our schedule. We'll, we'll soon be um, giving out our schedule for all of 2024, maybe a little bit beyond of short-term mission project opportunities. Um, these are all the ones we have right now. There may be some others added here or there. And, of course, as always, as the Lord wills it, things may change, and we'll respond to that as, as need be. But um, yeah, hopefully back, some more things are you're coming. You're thinking back to our 2020, uh, have 100 missioners on the field. And, yeah, 100 and then, people who then never COVID been. COVID happened, and, and we, spent, yeah, we sent two that year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, it's always but, up yeah. to God's plans. Lord sovereign. <laughs> but good good opportunities. Amy, any, any final words you'd want to give Calvary and really others who are listening that are interested in what God's doing around the world? Um, I think I would just, again, encourage people to keep their eyes open, um, keep their spiritual ears and eyes open just to see what 
the Lord is saying to them, encouraging them to do and calling them to do, um, and just to love your neighbor, truly just love your neighbor and the people around you and look for opportunities to serve them and love them and live sacrificially for them. All right, well, Amy, thank you so much for coming and be a part of this. Um, I know this is probably, it's new to you, right? First, yeah. first podcast. It is. And see, so you, you survived. And uh, so, but thank you so much. I, you have been, um, you know, just like I said, you've been convicting on of us at times and also just your frankness and openness to to share what you have seen on the mission field, but also in, in being the Christian that you want, us, want you to be and also want us to be. Yeah, I can't wait for everybody to hear this. We're excited um, that you're back, and, and hopefully we can continue other conversations. So uh, we'll be back next week for another podcast. Uh, remember, if you have questions for us, we'd love to answer those um, in, in a future edition of this. So uh, just email us at podcast at calvarydothan.com, and uh, we would love to answer whatever you have uh, sent to us in that way. And remember, we are for God, for Dothan, and Amy would say for the world. Amen. Mm-hmm.